Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello there, Private Parts listeners. This is your host, Francis Bull. Uh, just coming to you, giving you a bit of an intro to this fantastic episode with none other than McFly's Harry Judd, the drummer and the heartthrob of the band, arguably. Myself and Jamie chat to Harry about all sorts of uh, insider gossip from McFly, McBusted. It's a fantastic episode, just in time for Christmas. Please take care and enjoy, sit back, listen to the, the great Harry Judd. So, before we kick things off, Harry, I just want to uh, apologise to you because when hosts of podcasts ask a guest to come on a podcast, you're doing the favour for us. But actually, I've had to move this podcast so many times. <laughs> And you have a family, you've released an album, you've done everything. Yeah, mate, and you, were, I'm you so were pushing st- a lot. It's just fucking rude, to be honest. <laughs> fucking rude, <laughs> fucking rude. No, the, truth, the truth is, uh, the first time we had scheduled, I forgot. Mm-hmm. I think we were scheduled to chat on like 7.30 last week or something. And it got to about 8.30, I was just chilling at home. I was suddenly like... Oh shit! I'm supposed to be doing that podcast. <laughs> my wife was like, oh, "You're such a such an idiot!" Like, "Oh my god, you're so unorganized." Mate, that's actually true. You're the wanker. Uh, like, that's actually that's actually yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I could screenshot our messages because you, mate, mate, I'll screenshot our messages. You're the wanker. I can delete everything. <laughs> No, well, I'm here, we're here, mate. We're, we're here. also, what was so good, dude, is that we had, um, the day before, we had to, have you ever tried, we said this on the last podcast, but have you ever tried the, the Wim Hof technique? I was talking about, I was talking about this today, actually. Well, you actually? Yeah, because I was on the beach in West Wittering, uh, and it was freezing, and I was chatting to someone about this Wim Hof thing, and yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued. Wait, firstly, wait, why were you on a beach in Wittering? Uh, we were shooting a video today, shooting a music video today. Shut up. Yeah, no, man. We freaking are, baby. Yeah. If, I, if I wasn't, I was just saying it to sound cool. That's why I was up at 4.30 this morning. You've got kids as well. You're up that early anyway. Yeah, dude, no, not that early, man. It was a shocker. But um, yeah, we were on a beach shooting a music video. So can you, can, you, can you give a little insight to what it's like or do you have to save all that? Well, do you know, it was the easiest video shoot I've ever done. I mean, it must be like... I don't know, like the 30th shoot, video shoot we've done. All right, bragging. Go on, bragging. Yeah, all right. Whatever, whatever. Whatever. (laughs) Call it 40, round it up. Um, And and it was literally 10 minutes each just walking along a beach, like looking kind of like... What, sexy? Because it's quite... 
you, I didn't want to say it, Jamie. Uh, no, so it's like, it's quite a chilled song. So it's quite, it, and literally did that. And then there's other bits going on that we're not needed for. And, and then it was literally shitting it down. So the director was like, yeah, cool. I can't really use any more stuff because of the weather. So we were done. Wait, hang on. It was easy. So, hang on. It's going to be a good video <laughs> yeah. though. Yeah, see the director's like, yeah. Probably got it, guys. This is... Yeah. Because... Jamie, I nailed it in one that's, take. That's the truth. Just didn't want to say. Mate, but I always find this like because I remember when I was younger, right? I would watch, like, I would come home from on holidays, and I would spend a lot of the time going onto MTV, all those uh, smash hits, all those ones on like the sky that you could get. Music videos were like yeah. a huge thing. They were like mm-hmm. such an epic thing. But I feel like that's changed now. Yeah, I know. I feel like that, but still, like they still like the lay you know we still do them and there's still budget for them and we still do them and, and it, but they're kind of used in a different way they're obviously more for like this purpose of like youtube and and just like your online stuff i mean they still get i think they still get played in like gyms and stuff but people don't sit i was the same which just like at school i remember there yeah. was like the tv and the in and just like the music videos were on and then you know in the early days of the band house we would like when we had just a few hours at home, we just sit and watch the music channel. Yes, see, but it's just not a thing anymore, is it? I don't know. I don't understand why it's not a thing. But anyway, because we're old, mate. People, kids watch listen, it on YouTube. Speak for yourself, That's mate. Why. Speak for yourself. <laughs> How old are you, Jamie? Thirty-two. Thirty-two. Really? Yeah, you look yeah. older. You Shut look older. the fuck up. <laughs> How wait? How old are you, Harry? Can I ask? I'm thirty-four. Yeah, there so, you go. Two yeah, years, yeah. baby. Wise, mate. Wise. Well, I just—I think it's wise on your face. That's. <laughs> that's, that's I supposed to have a, sh- have a shave not... today, but I didn't have anything important tonight, so I didn't bother. Mate, but the point of my story was is that so basically we had we we meant to have Wim Hof on the podcast, and then he cancelled on us. Uh, well, he didn't cancel. He just didn't turn up to the podcast because he really? he got wrong time zones. It wasn't his fault. Um, Are you sure? We, Do you see? Maybe just research what your podcast was and was like, no, he didn't. That. If, he, listen, <laughs> if he had researched it, he'd have been like, holy shit! I should. He'd yeah. probably be early for it. He'd be early for it. And then <laughs> we had you on the next one. And the next day, and as we got on, we were making jokes. We're like, oh, imagine if Harry doesn't turn up for this one. And then you bailed on us. And we were each like, is everyone bailing on our, on our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so bad. classic. So he just, he just got the right... I know I just forgot. Yeah, oh, I didn't think dude. he wanted to be in tandem with you. That's my thoughts. I think that he was excited like, not having yeah, that guy. Yeah, pressure for Wim Hof. I'd, I'd way rather listen to him chat than me. I mean, he's got... I'm, honestly, it's fascinating, all that shit. Do you, do, you, do you meditate or anything like that? Have you ever meditated? I've tried, mate. I think I need it, but I'm just too... Like, I have a I have a busy, like, brain. And I think that's why I really need it, but I just can't seem to get into it, like... My but how is your crazy. how is your mind busy? How does how do you how do you express how do you think your mind is busy? I I just think in the day like I just I just can't sort of stop. I don't do sitting still and like. But I find I, this sound may sound like ridiculous, but I find like I think meditation in other things. So like whether that's exercise or mm. like playing the drums or just just doing a task. Because for me, meditation, like, well, for me, what I need is something that keeps me present, you know, um, and, mm. and also when I'm busy with the band, like I'm, I'm, that's when I'm at my happiest. So yeah. I don't really ever feel, I don't feel the need to like do meditation. I kind of feel happy. I think when I need something is when 
I'm not busy. That's what I struggle with. So this is the same as me. I, I, and this is good chat because I think a lot of people, especially during this whole lockdown period, what, from my experience, what I found out is that when I'm not busy, I feel like a definitely like a, a lack of a sense of purpose. Oh, mate, totally and right. and it's a horrible feeling. And I didn't realize that's a, like a huge, like it has a huge effect on sort of anxiety levels and mm. things like that. When you don't feel like you are doing anything, it kind of makes you feel just not good, right? Oh, it makes man, you feel really, like a busy mind. Yeah, it's crazy. Like uh, we, I think it was... When I was 31, maybe it was, we took a bit of a break from the band. And I had, for that three-year period, I had, like, loads of chunks of time where I wasn't busy. And I'll be honestly saying that it was the worst time of my adult life because I just, I literally just didn't have a purpose. And I just questioned everything. And I was just like, it's really bad for your self-esteem because you're just sort of... You're like, what you used to get to the point where it's like, what is the point in me? Like, what do I even do? Like, and it's really bad. It's really there bad. We go. Yeah, it's crazy. And I think people perceive, you know, oh, you've, you know, been, you've been a band or you've been successful or whatever. But that's great. But if in that moment you're not um, doing anything. So for the first couple of years, I really struggled with it. And I think I was, you know, wasted a lot of time feeling sorry for myself. And I, I, I mm. think, I think I kind of managed to turn it around by, um, you know, just keeping myself busy where I could. Um, because at the end of the day, like, you know, you, you've only got yourself to rely on. And I mean, obviously, like, friends and family and stuff supportive. But it's, yeah, man, I think I can, yeah, I totally feel you. It, it's a weird one because I'm a, so, I, I'm glad that we actually got, we normally get this, this deep, but I know you're, you're hey, listen, you're an emotional soul. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sensitive guy. Yeah, yeah, Harry, you are a sensitive guy. So, but it's it's good to get into this because I definitely, I had the sense as well. Oh, here's Francis. Hold on one second. Francis just joining in. Francois, here he is. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Sorry, we started without you. Okay, I'm recording, guys. So yeah, uh, you just start recording. Can, uh, it's chill fine, out now. and then you can just jump in. Talking to Harry just about like how you deal with stuff when you don't have a purpose, right? And weirdly what happened for me is I realized that this year, especially with lockdown, I kind of went into this sense, it sounds really deep, but questioning everything like you kind of said, Harry, like questioning stuff like, um, what is the point of this? What is the point of everything? Should what I is, keep like... bleaching my hair? <laughs> <laughs> Why am I still doing this at 33? <laughs> 32, mate. 32. 32. You're older than me, Francis. <laughs> Touch a nerve there. Yeah. <laughs> like, did I started questioning stuff like that, which I'd never questioned before. Had you not questioned it before? I'm surprised you hadn't questioned it before. Mm. If I was you, I would have questioned it long, long, long time <laughs> listen. ago. Listen. <laughs> no, not what me. What is the point in me? <laughs> Should I maybe think no. of doing something else? I was Before, I was actually thought I was the Messiah. I was like, this is fun. <laughs> He's not joking. <laughs> but then, do with you, Harry, is that you've been working pretty much since you were like a teenager. Yeah, 17, yeah. How Was that when the band started? I was 17, yeah. I mean, Dougie, our bass player, was 15. So, um, yeah, he was... That's sh- crazy. That's child labour. <laughs> literally, literally. He lied, though. He lied in the audition. He told us he was 16 because that was the limit. Um, so yeah, like, I mean, say working, I guess it is work, but it's been, it's been an amazing job. So it's, it's the best job in the world, literally. Can, can we just talk about the fact, say McFly, right? You guys have been freaking rocking it since, since you first hit every, like the charts and hit, you've been, so you've been rocking it for, what is it? It's 15 years? 
Uh, no, it's it's like 16 years now, Six, 16, 17 years. Well, we've been a band for 17 years, but we've, we've released our like first song about 16 years ago. Wow. You can put ticket sales up now and it sells out like that, doesn't it? <laughs> is that is that all the uh, money just going to There we go. That's it, baby. Listen, yeah. James, it's, it's not about money, Jamie. Come on. No, I know um, it's not. Of course it's not. <laughs> no, it's, look, we are very, we're lucky, man. Like, I think, you know, for a pop band, um, like longevity, you don't really put longevity and pop music together. Um, but we've, we've been, we've been really lucky and, um, yeah, managed to keep going and keep kind of having a good level of success. So, it's yeah, we've always said it. So but I mean, why we'll, is that? Well, what, what I is have that a from? theory. I have a theory. I think. Come on. So tell we, me. So tell we, me. So here we go. So we are like okay. when we started, we essentially had the same fan base as a as a boy band, right? As a traditional boy band, and a lot of people saw us as a boy band, and that's fine. Like I guess there are a lot of things about us. Never. <laughs> yeah, man. But a lot of <laughs> things about us, we were like a, a kind of a boy band. But you're a p- rock band, punk <laughs> rock band. I, I I say pop rock. So we're pop rock. Okay. But, pop rock. But for me... You're always punk to me. That, yeah, it doesn't surprise me, Francis. I, was, I, saw your, I saw your interview with Danny and you were talking about the noise next door and how you thought they were like really hardcore. I was like, dude, <laughs> they, they were not hardcore. No, I didn't... I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think they were hardcore. No, my my um, I, they lived down the I road from me. Emily, and like, we've heard it all before, Francis. Yeah. Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I used to think I used to think hardcore was like some forty one. I honestly thought they Mate, were like. Do you remember some forty one? Yeah, man. Yeah. So I mean, my wife thought like McFly were hardcore. So everyone has their different perception of music. So anyway, for me, because we wrote all our songs, we played our instruments. I think there was there's a more of an investment for our fans in mm. like being the fan of a what traditionally a, a boy band was was a five four or five piece singing dancing boy band that or you know wore matching suits stood up on the key change whereas for us our fans were coming to shows where they were seeing live music they were seeing us singing lyrics that were written by us that so it has more meaning there's more of a connection and more of an investment for a fan and we always put on great shows and I think that's paid off and um and also a genuine friendship, you know, of a group yeah. that I think, you know, the fans really, really enjoy. So we're lucky we've got a, a really amazing hardcore following that allows us to keep, keep going and keep doing what we do. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But then why, I always find this, why with bands, notoriously, right, stereotypically, right, bands always have that, like, fallout. Oh, this thing happens or that thing's happened. Mm. Why does that, is that, why does that happen? Is that just down to people thinking that they're bigger than the band or people thinking they can do this? Ego. Is it yeah. down to egos? What is it? I think, well, I think it's everyone's egos. It's not, for our case, it was never an individual. I mean, obviously everyone has an ego, but I think from my my point of view, from, you know, my experience, it's... It's because you are literally sharing everything together. Like we lived together from the age of 17 for like three years and we lived together, we worked together, 
we we like were friends we were like party business part yeah but it was everything like cre- and also dated we, cre- we dated each other how did you know that um, <laughs> also, no, how, the, you were the drummer so you were clinging on to everything <laughs> i was yeah i know i was a t- like the dude the scraps at the back. from the lord's table <laughs> <laughs> but we also the thing is right when you do creative stuff as well it can get it can be the most amazing thing but it can be really difficult you know and um I don't know, like from the, like I said, from Dougie was 15, he's 32 now. Like you go through a lot, you change, but. Yeah, you um, do change. You do change. But, all, but the, dr- the drummer's traditionally the, the cool one that all the ladies, uh, the ladies want, right, Harry? Yeah, unfortunately not in our, not in our band. No? <laughs> well, no, I mean. The mysterious one. It's like, what is he? No, he never was, sings. No, no, he did sing, actually. Did no, you? do you know, Dougie, Dougie, was, Dougie was more like the character of what a drummer normally was like. He was like the mysterious one. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I'm like the annoying one that never shuts up. But um, <laughs> no, like Danny and Danny and Doug were prop were like the heartthrobs of our band. Danny and Dougie, for sure. No, I, hey, you don't, know, look, no, don't absolutely do, not. You know, Ari, I think you were you were the heart. Guys, guys, just take a quick look on Google. You know, McFly 2004, and just take a look at a few pictures. <laughs> I'm of just gonna quick. I just gonna. You yeah, will understand. Wait. I can't wait. Like Harry <laughs> Judd, Harry Judd Mullet. Or McFly Brit Awards, you'll understand where I'm coming from, seriously. Mate, that hairstyle is absolutely high-end. Mate, I was struggling, wasn't I? One thing I can't abide by is that choker necklace. I just can't (laughs) abide by that. What is No, Listen, I'm I'm going to embarrass my girlfriend who's just... um, He's just got it says, I I said that you were coming on the podcast and and her, her teenage... Girl, a girl fan came out. She she's been to all of your concerts. Oh, she? She, I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, she's been to all of them. She went to them when she was much younger because she's twenty five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. she was she was that core audience. But you were her heartthrob. She had a poster. But of wait, you. so she's been to them? Re- have you? Because you've done some recently. We well, we were not this year, uh, unfortunately. Um, uh, but we did a show at the O2 in November. Like we hadn't. Didn't you do one in Hyde Park or something? Yeah, we played... McBusted. Yeah, that was... So we, from 2014 to 2016, we did McBusted. And then we then took a... For the first time in like 11... No, 12 years, we took a break for a couple of years. And then we did a comeback show at the O2 last November. And then um, we had a tour. Like, we had like 50 shows planned for this year. We obviously- that must be like a first when for, for like two bands who, who were really... You know, you would you would think are kind of competing for the same audience, but I guess the the fact there's there's a huge crossover, so you guys could actually do a collaboration. Yeah. I mean, you you couldn't imagine like I don't know like Oasis and you know Stone Roses or Blur yeah. or whatever doing 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 something like that. Yeah. Has that ever happened before? Like a an actual well, co- collaboration? There's been like there's been supergroups like tr- like back in the seventies. Like rock is that band, what it's called? Know? A supergroup? A supergroup? Yeah. I mean, I don't think we. McBusted. That's what he calls it. Yeah. <laughs> what i call it <laughs> yeah i mean i don't think mcbusted quite qualifies as a super group but back in the day like you would have you know like the band the band the band what's that what's the, the band? band if you know that the, the band is a super group what the hell are you talking about francis what do you mean the band the, is... the band look go- google it look hold on the band 
It's a rock band, which which so associated acts: Bob Dylan, John Simon, uh, Carl okay. Simons, Van Morrison, Harry. I don't want to like. Yeah, you kind of have kind of embarrassed me there. Yeah, so thanks for that. <laughs> that is, you know, but so traditionally, supergroups are like you said, like band like members from other big bands coming together, and mm. you know there could be three people from three different bands. But what happened with us is we were we were actually managed by the same company as Busted. And McFly happened because Tom in McFly, Tom was originally in Busted. He was in Busted for 24 hours. Um, He got in the group. Yeah, it was him and... So Matt and James started the band. Then Tom and Charlie started at the same time. And then 24 hours later, they were like, actually, dude, we we don't want you in the band anymore. But the management were like, but we still want to manage you. We think you've got potential. So that's... So they then carried on managing Tom. And then Tom met Danny... So then that was like, Tom was like, oh, I'm being managed by Buster's managers and like, I've got this, I've been writing some songs and, well, I've got, you know, then they came up with the name McFly. Tom and Danny got the deal. Me and Dougie auditioned. So Busted and McFly, like we toured with Busted back in 2004. We supported them on their arena tour. Oh my God. And, you know, I went to the same school as Charlie. Tom went to the same school as Matt. James and Tom what? both. Yeah, like this there's loads coincidence. of... Yeah, kind of. I mean, I... I found out about the McFly audition because someone I was in a band with at school wanted to do what Charlie had done. And he was in the year above me at school. And so he, uh, so it was kind of coincidence, but you know, connection. Like I said, Matt and Tom went to the same school. James and Tom both played Oliver in the West End when they were teenagers. What? So basically we knew them and like James Bourne had written, who's in Busted, he'd written some McFly songs. Tom had written some Busted songs. So we were kind of friends with them anyway. So what happened was McFly were on tour in 2013. James Bourne from Busted was on tour with us, just hanging out. He was backstage at the venue and we were like, dude, why don't you go out before we go on, go out with your acoustic and play some songs. And he was like, yeah, why not? So he went out, we were playing in Manchester and he went out with his acoustic, played a couple of songs and then he played Year 3000, you know, the massive Busted song. And the whole place went fucking crazy. And our manager was, who used to manage him, was just like, oh my God, how are we going to get Busted back? Because Charlie had basically said, I'm never doing Busted ever again. So our manager was like, the next day was like, guys, why don't we like do a tour with McFly and Busted, but it's just Matt and James and, you know, you could play some McFly songs. And I don't know what it is yet, but what do you think? And we were like, yeah, all right, sounds fun. Thinking... And also we were calling it McBusted and I thought that is a shit name. Like that is never good. <laughs> like I was like, it's like she sex. <laughs> but it does, it says everything. It's it does, it works. So but I was just like, this is a terrible idea. And then the promoter was like, oh, we're going to put on 18 arenas. And I was like, oh my God, what are we doing? This is so punchy. Like 18 arenas. Like, 18, 18 arenas is so many we, tickets. We, we, it was insane. We like, it's like, a, it's like 150,000 tickets or something. And yeah, we were like, so we were sat in in this hotel on the launch day and i was we were so nervous thinking oh my god this is this could be so embarrassing like this could do nothing literally five ten minutes after tickets went on sale the promoter was like sold out we're playing another 18 we did 36 arenas and head and then on the same day suddenly it was like oh you've been offered to headline hyde park it was fucking crazy how do do you come from a point where you're like okay we've never done this before let's book 18 arenas 
like how do you how, well, how do they know that they're all going to get sold out so quickly well that's the skill that's the skill of our, our manager and and also i think we naturally as a band are like super insecure we like when we put on the o2 last year we're like oh maybe we'll do like three thousand tickets and eventually you know we can put some black curtains at the top and cover some of the seats and you know it's like us in Southport (laughs) yeah when we did our podcast or very similar you you, we couldn't have filled out the empty seats (laughs) but I think that's what it is we're like super insecure and then again that that thankfully that sold out but how humbling though Harry that's the opposite of humbling no but I mean so it's it's no it's so lovely (laughs) but it's so lovely to hear because loads of your fans who will be hearing this now would just be thinking what are you kidding me you know all this we, we love it all that kind of stuff but still you guys are humble enough to think that you go well we don't know we're still nervous it may not work it may be this it may be that and then I bet you would they were then you were chuffed that Charlie still wasn't in the band so <laughs> ching <laughs> Yeah, but then then he came back. Did he did he like did he say, guys, look, where's my little, well, where's my I think, cut? I think he saw the success because he'd said, I'm never doing busted. And then he was like, well, I say never. But, um, and then so after McBusted did two years of touring, Busted then toured, and yeah, that was great. Like it was great to see the three of them back doing Busted as well. So look, it's, it was an amazing experience. Bigger stage. Uh, you bet it was kind of weird it did get to a point it was like guys we're now it's like six 30 year old guys like jumping around on stage singing air hostess and you know you could get away with it in the uk because there's context but the the mistake we made is we because it was so massive it was like oh we ended up going to australia and supporting one direction i'm listen this is this is the truth i was like i was like guys seriously six 30-year-olds in a band called McBusted. Bear in mind, in Australia, they don't really know McFly or Busted. Can you imagine that as a prospect? So, yeah, I went to see One Direction and there was six 32-year-olds singing about air hostesses. And they were called McBusted. It's really weird. Because also the the demographic of, of One Direction's audience is way younger. It's a bit younger, yeah. But what we had to our advantage, because we had Year 3000 in the set list, and Jonas Brothers had, had covered that and made it a massive hit. Uh, so, you know, and look, you know, we, 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 we know how to put on a show. Yeah, we, we, we know how to put on a show. So we managed to win around the audiences. But I was just like, guys, McBusted out of context is like the shittest band. Like, but if you're in the UK, it's amazing. Like, it was. We it's put on amazing. Amazing It's shows, like a transformer like... of amazing bands coming together. It's amazing. Yeah. I just love the fact that you guys on the height of it, like, we saw here, fuck it, let's go to Australia. Let's go. <laughs> Terrible idea. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, it was an amazing movie? experience because to be like, have a small part of like seeing what One Direction were experiencing, just playing these stadiums around the world, like that was incredible, you know. Yeah, that that would be insane. Hey, listen, we're gonna hear more, Francis. We need to have that question of the week, buddy boy. Oh yes. All right. All right. <laughs> From 1945. Wait, okay, no, no, no. Okay, change it up. Here we go. This is how prepared we are. We've done over 200 <laughs> no, no, episodes of this and we're still still, still late for our guests. And... <laughs> All right. Every day, how many US dollars are shredded and turned into compost? So I, want, every day... I want the 1945 question. Yeah, yeah so do I. Okay, that... I'll give you two. So you, so you got that question, uh, which is obviously a number. And then I was trying to work out how to make this into a question, this fact. Um, 
Okay, all right. How long did a chicken in <laughs> 1945 live without a head? <laughs> I've definitely oh. heard that one before. I've heard this one before as well, I think. Yeah, I feel like it's a long time. It was like a, like a, a kid's tale that the chicken yeah, got his yeah, head I, cut yeah, off yeah, and he yeah. used to run around. Yeah, everyone knows this yeah. as a kid. It's called like... a headless chicken. <laughs> yes, that's, <laughs> all, that's where it comes from. You guys... <laughs> yeah. It was one of those like pieces running of around like a headless like, chicken. You know, you can cut the head off a chicken. Yeah, it was that. No, it was you that. You know, the headless the headless chicken is right. So, because you can grab a chicken by its head and spin it round, and then the head comes off, and then the <laughs> oh ch- the God. chicken runs around in a circle for like, and then so running around like a head- headless chicken. But this is actually a story of a chicken that had its head cut off. But then it lived, and and I want to ask you how long it lived for. Yes, Francis. And then, uh, and, and, and then attached to that question is another question. It's not attached. In the, there's nothing to do. There's there's completely no segue. <laughs> there's no connection between the headless chicken and the and the uh, amount of dollar U.S. dollars uh, shredded and turned into compost. Okay, okay, day. Harry. I tell you, ask, you you answer the chicken one. I answer the compost. Okay, I'm gonna go. I feel like it's either. I feel like it's. It's something ridiculous, like, you know, 24 hours or something. What? What, the chicken? <laughs> the chicken That's a bit mental, actually, isn't it? Mental. That definitely didn't happen. <laughs> I was going to say a week. Glad I didn't say that. <laughs> Fucking hell. It survived. Okay, I, did I say 24 hours? I meant 24 minutes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm four, I was up at 4.30, guys. Give me a break. You think, how long do you think it went for? 24 minutes, I said. 24 minutes? 24 minutes without a head. Okay. Well, if, it's, if it's like a minute and it's a shit story and no one would know about it, what is it? The, okay, fine. the compost one, I'm going to say over a million dollars. Over a million dollars? Yeah, well, I mean, you've got to be specific. No, I don't know. A million, million and one dollars. All right, and Harry? I don't know, like $500,000. And I'm going to say I'm going to say I'm going to say I'm going to say the chicken ran for 2 minutes. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I will reveal the answer to both of those questions in part 2. All right, buddy. Listen, Harry, you got to stick around. We'll be back in part 2 in just a second. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 